0: This is Live well Talk on Advances in Joint Replacement Surgery. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's. Joining me today on the podcast for the first time on the show is Dr. Omar Akhtar, an orthopedic surgeon with Physicians Clinic Viola in St. Luke's Hospital. We'll talk more about the need for joint replacement surgery, new technology that's facilitating successful joint replacement surgery, as well as what to expect post-surgery recovery. Welcome, Dr. Akhtar.
1: Thank you, Dr. Arnold. I'm very excited and very happy to be here on your show.
0: Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited about this, too, because I think there's a lot going on here that, uh, as, I, as we chatted briefly before the podcast, people don't appreciate uh, the, that uh, the, uh, the technology that's advancing uh, in uh, orthopedics. And so I, I want to talk about that today, but I also want to cover just some basic frequently asked questions that listeners may have about having their joint replaced. Uh, and the first is, what are the most common joints that get replaced?
1: You know, the uh, the, the most common joints that are replaced, Dr. Arnold, uh, in are the hip and the knee. Uh, just last year alone, uh, we estimate there were over a million knee replacements that were performed in the United States alone, and about five hundred to 600,000 hip replacements done. And so those are the two most common and uh, a pretty big expenditure for Medicare also.
0: Right. But if it restores someone's functional capacity, all the better.
1: the 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 hip and knee replacement outcomes are amazing. Uh, it basically will allow a person to go from a position or a situation where they're in a wheelchair or they can have they have difficulty dressing, difficulty getting out of their home, to a situation where they have the potential to walk again, unlimited distances, hike, go visit with family, go to a house of worship to To basically be independent all over again, and so it yeah. is tremendous, tremendous in terms of what what it can do.
0: And over, over the years, I, I think the thing that patients appreciate the most is able to sleep through the night. No, question the, the pain about from it. their joint was, you know, it was. And, and you know, you're younger, but as you get older, you need your sleep, uh, and uh, you you miss it when you don't get it. And I think that I think that's one of the unsung or unadvertised. Uh, uh, positive outcomes following joint replacement surgery is that rest pain or that nocturnal pain gets better.
1: To your point, I, I take those things for granted being able to get a restful night without pain, uh, to be able just to get out of bed without significant pain. But yes, the majority of people will have significant improvement in their quality of sleep. So the basic functions, basic things, no question about it, aren't improved. Now, are things perfect? No, but I would say a ninety percent improvement.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have the baby boomers; uh, they are entering uh, the Medicare age, and how long does a joint replacement last?
1: You know, uh, you know, Dr. Arnold, you mentioned you know, the Medicare age. It, it actually, we're seeing not only is it the population hitting sixty-five and above that are uh, needing these joint replacements. It's even younger folks a lot of my patients will say isn't this for old people quote unquote or am i too young for this it's really not about age it's about quality of life if you cannot you know get from your bed to your chair or even walk more than a city block or even go down an aisle in a supermarket without panting or needing the cart then it's something to think about if that's what the cause is is—your your hip or knee pain and the other question that comes up is, well, I'm very young. I'm only 50. I'm only 45. You know, Is this thing going to last more than a year or two? But the good news is modern joint replacements, hip and knee replacements, if performed appropriately in the right person, I, would, I tell my patients a, a well-performed hip replacement will last 90% chance, 90 to 95% chance it'll last at least 20 years. And then if it needs to be redone, usually it's a minor little change, like a you're changing the brake pad in a car, you change the bearing surface. And knee replacement, I can safely say 95% of knee replacements last at least 15 years, if well done, uh, in the absence of something going wrong like trauma. And so this is a valid concern, it's a very important question, and your audience needs to know, and people need to know, these things last a long time. And even when they do wear out or something happens, after 15 or 20 years, let's say you have a 50 year old person and by the time they hit 65 or 70, well doctor, am I too old? What's going to happen? Am I going to be stuck in a wheelchair? Absolutely not. We right. can go in and fix that problem, get them back on their feet and then that's it. They're done. So it's 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 uh, nothing to really be too worried about.
0: I, during my internship I on the internal medicine, I remember we had this Dr. Packy, the guy was brilliant, but he used to say, Patients die in bed, get your patient out of bed. Absolutely. You know, and so he said very few patients die in a chair. So get your patient out of bed. And I thought that was good advice. Artificial joints, do they set off metal detectors like at the airport?
1: This is a great question. And in general, I would say yes. Now, uh, it depends also, I think, on the type of metal detector. If you're talking about a metal detector in a government building like a courthouse, those simple frames, uh, most of the time hip and knee replacements do, but depending on their sensitivity, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, certainly, in an airport where you have uh, the Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, the bigger scanners, uh, they can see them, and it's uh, very common. If you next time you're at an airport, just pay attention, listen. Sometimes you'll hear a TSA agent say, "Anyone here with a hip or knee replacement?" and they'll just call out, and people will wave their, raise their hands. So. They'll look up from your phone watch and observe and they'll just make you go through the scanner it's not a big deal maybe they'll wand you down or pat you down and you're done so it's a very common thing and as i mentioned before there are millions of people walking around with these implants so it's something that is very commonly encountered and really it doesn't add any time to travel or block you away from getting into any kind of government building
0: well that's good to know
1: yeah well
0: let's yeah. Cut, let's get to the the new technology which i think is exciting. Uh, yeah. and it's called the Mako system. Um, I'm, I don't, is that the same way you spell sharks? M-A-K-O?
1: Mako <laughs> shark. It's, it is uh, briefly historically. I think it was named after the Mako shark. And I think oh. the emblem used to be a little shark fin. I don't know how that's supposed to be comforting for patients yeah, or surgeons. Exactly. But <laughs> it's supposed wow. to be cool.
0: Yeah. So t- <laughs> just give us an overview of how it works. I know we refer to it as robot, uh, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think people sometimes are fearful of robots, uh, yes. but yes. Uh, they don't need to be. So just give us an overview yeah. of how it works.
1: Yep. So the, the MAKO platform is called the MAKO technique or a MAKO robotic arm or robotic assisted joint replacement. Any of those terms, those are interchangeable. And it's not a robot that's doing the operation. You know, you may think of you're watching a car factory where you see these modern right. Uh, factories where you have these robotic arms coming in and doing the welding and moving the parts, whereas historically you'd had people on the uh, on the line building those cars. It's not like that. What the Mako technology is, it's a it's a very smart tool. It's a smart robotic arm that enables me or enables your surgeon to implant the joint precisely, consistently, and safely using a delicate technique. To be more specific. to use your terminology, we have to take a two-dimensional picture, an x-ray, for example, of someone's knee or hip, and then convert that into a three-dimensional joint in the operation. And that's traditionally how we do it, and we do a pretty good job. But what if we can take a three-dimensional picture, which is a scan of the person's joint, which is what we do before surgery, and then on the computer, on a laptop or a desktop, I can manipulate that three-dimensional joint and rotate it, move it around kind of virtually, and then I can decide how much of the arthritis to trim away, how the implant goes in, and it needs to go into very specific angles and numbers, and what if I can do that before I get to the operating room, program it into this robotic arm, and then once we're in the operating room, do my normal surgical exposure, and then the robotic arm comes in and As it's programmed under my guidance, I'm holding it, it helps me to mill away or trim away the arthritis and allows me to put that implant in exactly as planned every single time the same way or even customized to a person, depending if they have different types of anatomy. So that's all it is. It's a very, very smart tool, just like a tool you have in your garage. So, And it's not doing the operation, but it's doing what I told it to do under my guidance.
0: Yeah, the precision is... Yeah. Uh, and you, we were talking about that prior to the podcast. You know, I mean, orthopedic surgeons take a 2D image and make a 3D joint. Yeah. And, and you know, that's uh, that it's it's harder than it looks. And I know I tease you guys, Black and Decker surgery, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, that certainly. Uh, but I, I only jest you because I have uh, certainly a lot of respect for your uh, your you and your colleagues skills. Um, so what are the the, the precision? um that yes. the Mako brings, how does that benefit the patient?
1: That's a great question, Dr. Arnold, because a lot of people ask, what's the big deal? You know, this is just a smart tool. I mean, how is this really changing anything? The, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, the reason it's a, a, a an exciting technology is, first, this is just the beginning. We're at the very, very early stages. Uh, and you just can, and we'll talk more about it later, I hope, about where this is going to go. But most importantly, because it allows us to do the operation in a more delicate, less traumatic way, it translates to better patient recovery in terms of less pain and improved uh, faster recovery. And there is actually data to support that. So even I first observed that when I started using this technology a few years ago, and I thought it was my imagination. Like, are my patients doing better And then i would hear from my physical therapist you know your patients are doing a lot better than they used to what changed what did you do and i thought maybe that's a little anecdotal and then papers started to come out where it is true using this platform and this technique it's less traumatic more precise and the reason that is is we don't need to do as much dissection i know it's a scary word or as much exposure to the joint it's not as traumatic and when you're not stretching things and pulling and pushing as much it's easier and delicate more delicate on the patient the tissues heal better the person feels better they require less pain medication and they're up walking sooner so that's the, the to the, for the patient's standpoint that is awesome and is consistently true in my opinion from what i've seen
0: interesting i've i would uh, been in practice 25 years and i would uh, when back in the day when did, did Saw patients and would do pre ops for uh, orthopedic surgery. I would always tell them, I said, look, the, the surgery is kind of the easy part. It's you participating in physical therapy afterwards, which will determine your success. Um, and I think sometimes patients underestimate that. Yes.
1: Uh,
0: so I always try to prep them and say, you know, you're going to do fine through the surgery, you know, and you, you'll get home. But if, boy, well, if you don't participate in physical therapy, it's all for naught because that is so important.
1: There is no question about it. You put your finger right on it. It, it. The surgery really is the easiest part. In fact, it is the, I wouldn't say the safest, but it is the, the smoothest part of the whole process. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. The visit, surgery, and then the post-op. And I tell everyone, my patients, Dr. Arnold, that I have the easiest job. I just do the operation. And my patients have the hard, they have to do the hard, heavy lifting, yeah. the yeah. pushing and pushing. And despite this technology, you still, one still has to go through therapy. You still have to make your appointments. You still have to put your effort in to get the good outcome. It's not where, oh, you just lie down there and someone's peeling grapes for you. No, yeah, you have no. to do know
0: right No, way. it's so it's true. Not- What's your line of sight in the on the horizon for technology and orthopedic surgery? What do what you see? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah. So just imagine. So right now we have this tool. It's this big robotic arm in the operating room. We have a three-dimensional scan on a screen in the operating room. But just imagine you have something called augmented reality. You're starting to see that now with some of these smartphones where you can project an image of a person's joint onto your visor. Imagine wearing some smart glasses or a smart visor in the operating room. And not that you have X-ray vision, but you can overlay the person's joint on your visor as you're looking at the person's knee or the hip. And not only that, you can start to see the angles and where That the tools should go to trim away the arthritis or the diseased parts of the joint and how the new parts should go in and not only that what if you have sensors you can attach to the patient's body while you're operating and you can see in real time the amount of trauma or stress you're applying and adjust your surgical technique to really optimize to make a person come out of it more comfortable with less inflammation, less trauma. So it, this is just the beginning. It, it just—I yeah. think the possibilities, Dr. Arnold, are endless. I, I, there are people far smarter than me that are coming up with cool things down the line, and I, I think it's just—it's just, it's just going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I just in—in in my career, the things that I've seen change um, yeah. is a lot, and uh, you know, young young surgeons like yourself are going to see even more. Well, every every guest on the show, almost every. I guess gets to ask the question, why did you choose to be whatever special you are in, for you to be an orthopedic surgeon? Tell us how you got there. What, what, Why did you choose orthopedics?
1: Well, you know, Dr. Arnold, it was a long path. I won't get into it, but uh, I, I have a couple of engineering degrees and I was an action engineer before I started uh, my medical career. So you drove trains? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, all right. So the Amtrak train from L.A. to San Francisco, right? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm impressed. The, <laughs> The the punchline is, uh, I enjoy helping people being able to recover their independence and quality of life. To go from being in constant pain, or in a wheelchair, or like you said, can't sleep at night because of this joint that's waking you up, to be able to get up and walk, take care of your family, go to work, uh, if you're retired, enjoy your your retirement. That is such a joyful thing to do, to see, and to be able to do that again and again it's it's rewarding, and it's it's addicting. So that is the reason is to be able to really make a concrete, tangible difference pretty quickly,
0: yeah. I think you know the the internal medicine specialties, we we don't get to see our work unless it doesn't turn out as it should. You know, so if I manage your cholesterol appropriately mm-hmm. and you don't have a heart attack, mm-hmm. it's not appreciated that if I didn't do a good job and you had a heart attack, we'd say that. So I, I think the specialties like yours, uh, other surgical specialties where you actually make someone better is really rewarding uh, mm-hmm. i'm jealous of that sometimes
1: mm-hmm. well at the same time it, it, you know the the nice thing about uh, where you are or where the internal medicine my my internal medicine friends are is they have they get to develop or you get to develop these long-term that's true relationships. That's, it, that's right extremely rewarding as well yes. so it's it's you know you, you sort of pick but you you, you can see enjoy, everything is enjoyable
0: yeah, you're absolutely right. You, those are relationships that are truly, truly a gift yes. and an opportunity and That's a blessing. It. Well, Dr. Akhtar, thank you for joining us today. This is really interesting. This is great information. We're going to have you back when this technology continues to grow to have you keep us up to date on it. Once again, this is Dr. Omar Akhtar, uh, orthopedic surgeon with Physicians Clinic Viola at St. Luke's Hospital. For more information about joint replacement surgery, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to LiveWell Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.